Start your evening off right. This is U.S. Senator John Ossoff. Hey, Atlanta, this is Lieutenant Governor Burt Jones. The new Shelley Winter Show here on WSB Radio, weeknights from 7 to 10 p.m. Keep up good work, Shelley. The Shelley Winter Show. Hey, everyone. Happy Friday to you. Are you still stuck on the roads? Are you still trying to get to your destination? You guys got to need to get it all cleaned up. I'm just letting you know right now. I've got an hour with you here. I'm back. I'm Alan Sanders. I just got done taking care of the Von Hessler Doctrine. Need to do a little OT. It's the holiday week. People have things. They've got plans. Shelly's going to be back next week. We will have the Von Hessler Doctrine and all the doctrinaires. They'll be back next week. You know what? We're even going to bring you some Shelly Winter best of. We're going to make sure that you hear Shelly's voice to close out the weekend. As you start to wind down your Friday, you're sitting down after all that stress of work and the being in the car and trying to get home. And then you're going to get in home and you're going to, you're going to get a drink, maybe a glass of wine, maybe a nice bourbon, a little cocktail. And you get Shelly Winter and you're like, yeah. I got Shelly in the background. I can turn it down. Well, and I won't be Shelly live. It'll just be a little reminder so you don't remember, so you don't forget what he sounds like. <laughs> and then you'll get the Shelly Winter Show back in full strength next week. All right, so this is a little bit of a carryover from the last hour. But I need to do this. Even though this was on the Von Hessler Doctrine and I kind of rushed through it, I want to spend a little more time on a... Uh, on a position that this White House had once upon a time. I'm concerned, folks. I'm concerned about the position that we find ourselves in, in this ever-going escalation between our involvement supporting Volodymyr Zelensky of Ukraine in opposition of President Putin of Russia. See, I get it's a big country picking on a little country, but let's remember something, folks. Putin, President Putin of Russia, was not emboldened to do a single thing from 2017 all the way through to 2021. Okay? Now, who was the president in that four-year time span? Uh, you, You don't need too long to think about this. Donald Trump. In our modern era, folks, this is a fact you're going to have to accept, okay? You can hate Donald Trump with every fiber of your being. You could think he is a liar, a cheat, that he's petty, a narcissist, that he's all about what's good for him. He wants ultimate loyalty but doesn't show it back. You can have every negative thought about that man you want. I'm not going to take that from you. I'm not going to ask you to change your mind. Of all the presidents of the 21st century, we had Bush 41, right? We had Barack Obama. We had uh, all the presidents, really, of the 21st century. Even, I mean, all of them. I can't think of a single one that didn't start a new conflict somewhere. That didn't have a new war or conflict or hostilities that they fomented, engaged, helped support, and allowed people who were in that military-industrial complex to make a fortune in backfilling or supplying. 
There is only one president in the modern 21st century era, only one, who didn't start any new conflict, didn't have anything happen on his watch that would cause him to have to start a new conflict. And that was Donald J. Trump. You can hate everything else about him, but the one thing you cannot deny, the one thing you cannot just let go as if somehow that's not an accomplishment, didn't get us involved in any new engagements at all. Part of the reason that there are, there are folks in the Republican Party that hate Donald Trump is a lot of their money comes from funding the war effort. Whatever war effort it is, whether it's funding NATO and behind the scenes, whether it's providing to other countries, whether it's our own military, whether it's our own R&D with these newer weapon systems. And, you know, you don't get paid just developing a weapon and it just sits there. You want someone to buy it, use it and order more. Now, at the start of this conflict, when President Putin decided And by the way, folks, there was a very specific event that happened that made President Putin decide, hey, 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 Donald Trump's not only gone, but now it looks like we've got a weak, feckless leader at the helm. Look at how he handled Afghanistan. That's all any of the enemies of the United States on the world stage had to do. Nobody did a thing until we decided to retreat from Afghanistan. A week ago today, folks, the State Department of the United States of America issued a scathing report through both Donald Trump and President Biden under the bus saying that there wasn't enough planning for worst case scenarios. Now, I appreciate the fact that the State Department currently underneath the White House, so they kind of have a a, a, they got to try to do something to water it down a little, tried to throw Trump under the bus. But folks, who made the call to withdraw? Who made the final call? Did some general, some unelected bureaucrat? Did somebody in some cube farm somewhere on K Street submit a policy paper? No, President Biden made the call. President Biden decided we don't need to be in Afghanistan didn't matter that for a year prior we had no fatal or no fatalities on to, to any of our personnel for over a year no fatalities of us personnel why we had drawn down to such a degree that we were there providing logistic support maintenance and intelligence the the afghan army and the afghan military uh, uh, police, they took care of all the heavy lifting. They were doing all the work. They were the ones taking the shots. They were the ones who, if they were going to lose anybody, it was going to be them. That was the whole point. We were there to keep their gear up and running, to keep the logistics flow of supplies running because we were really good at it, and provide them the intel they needed to be successful in engagements. That's how it was over a year before Joe Biden decided, foot's off the bag, we're out of there. Joe Biden bungled, according to his own State Department, bungled the retreat and allowed the Taliban to dictate to the United States how it was going to happen and what timeline. 
It landed. It ended with the deaths of 13 Marines that need not have happened, and over 150 Afghans who also died in the, that that uh, suicide bombing. We left thousands of Americans behind. It was a botched retreat, and the State Department said so. Putin didn't go into Ukraine until after that event. We'll talk a little bit more about that in cluster bombs when we come back. More of the Shelley Winter Show. Welcome back, everyone, to the Shelley Winter Show. Alan Sanders filling in. The phone number is 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. Yeah, that we're calming the bumps down a little bit, getting more into the Shelly winter groove, get you back to that normalcy as we are winding down the week, this holiday week. Hopefully you enjoyed your Independence Day. Hopefully you guys had a chance to remind yourself of what Independence Day really represents, what it's about, and whether or not we really still have the same liberties and freedoms that we so desperately fought for 247 years ago. I told you I wanted to get into the soundbite here because back at the start of the Ukrainian conflict, right after, right after the bungled and the State Department a week ago today released the scathing report, they did it prior to the holiday weekend, they hope most people wouldn't have heard it or read about it, this scathing report on how poorly we handled Afghanistan. President Putin of, of Russia didn't make a move for Ukraine until he saw just what a weak and feckless leader we had at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. At the start of the conflict, folks, when it was just some tanks and some guns and some skirmishing, there was a report somewhere, a rumor, that somehow the Russians were using cluster bombs. And so a reporter asked then-Press Secretary Jen Psaki, said, we're getting rumors about cluster bombs being used in Ukraine. What is the president's stance? And if if it is true, isn't this a war crime? This was Jen Psaki's response. It it would be. I don't have any confirmation of that. We have seen the reports. Uh, If if that were true, it would potentially be a war crime. Obviously, there are a range of international fora that would assess that. Um, So certainly we would look to that to be a part of that conversation. <laughs> What's changed, folks? What changed in the last 15 or less months since that first report? Since Jen Psaki, when asked, no confirmed, but if it was confirmed, which it wasn't, if it was confirmed, isn't that a war crime? Yes. But now our good friend Volodymyr Zelensky, he wants the carpet bomb. He wants to be able to do it. He feels it's going to help him win against Russia. Folks, are we paying any attention whatsoever? I mean, we went from providing a little bit of logistics support to sending old gear to then sending better gear to then sending state-of-the-art gear, adding billions of dollars, and not just for the war effort, as President Biden once famously said, we're going to send them enough money to take care of their welfare, put money in their pockets so they can go buy food. So we're subsidizing the country. We're sending them state-of-the-art gear. We eventually decided to send them jets. 
We've sent them anti-missile defense shields. We're sending them now the one thing that, according to their own spokesperson, Jen Psaki, our own spokesperson, 12 to 15 months ago, we're now going to send them the weapons that we said if you use it, it's a war crime. Now, I don't know about you, I'm starting to have some strong concerns that if Putin is supposedly as crazy as we're supposed to believe he is, why do we keep provoking? What do we what do we what do we as the United States of America hope to gain right now? Because we seem to have set ourselves up that it's either Russia fails miserably, which the Russian kind of mentality, the idea of a Russian saying, "Okay, sorry, we made a mistake, our bad." If you believe that's what's going to happen, there's well, maybe you come from Colorado and you've been enjoying too many of the recreational uh, uh, treats over there. Putin is not going to back down. He needs to save face. Whatever happens, whatever solution, he's got to be able to save face. In the meantime, we've set ourselves up under this position that, oh, it's all or nothing. Either we're all in with Ukraine or that's the that's the death of America, the death of democracy, the fall of the West. I don't think that that's the right the right answer either, folks. I I think that there's a, that there's some additional room in here. I think we should be really asking ourselves when there's too many warning signs about what's going on economic wise in our country. We already had our series of initial bank failures. There's other banks holding on by a thread. We know people are living paycheck to paycheck. We know that it's about at a 40% of the country thinking, I don't have financial security right now. I'm concerned about the fact that I don't have financial security. We just saw the employment numbers come in weaker than expected. We saw that for the last three months, black Americans are losing jobs now to the tune of over 635,000 people. We know that the inflation rate is still out of control i'm i'm kind of thinking it might be better to maybe clean up here at home first maybe clean up aisle one before we go over to aisle 12 maybe we had to be taking care of america first i don't know i guess nowadays if you put america first that's bad if you say make america great that's bad i don't know i kind of like the idea of being great kind of like the idea of being number one kind of hard to help other people Kind of hard to help your neighbors if you can't figure out what's going on in your own country. If you're failing and you're falling apart and you're sick and dying, you really can't be the toughest person out there helping other people, can you? I got someone on the line that wants to talk about something that I was talking about on the Shelly Winter Show earlier this week and even did a little bit today when I was on for the Von Hessler Doctrine. So let's quickly go to the phones and say, Barb from Buckhead, what's on your mind? Alan. So I'm, I linked the two stories you talked about this week. So do you remember how you were talking about earlier in the week about how we are now being encouraged to eat high-fat foods? We're encouraged to eat real cheese and real yogurt and fat. Yeah, and I read the things. study yesterday that says uh, we should not be avoiding whole-fat milk, whole-fat cheese, whole-fat yogurt. Yeah. Okay. Have you considered the fact that vitamin D is fat? soluble vitamins. And so part of the reason we could be having such issues with vitamin D is that we have not been ingesting the fat that we need to be ingesting. Oh, Barb, that is a great comment. You're you're absolutely right. You Look, at we need fat in the body. We have to have it to process things. You're right. Barb, that is a great call. Thank you so much for bringing that to our attention. 
we got to get to a break. We've got more of the Shelly Winter Show, so don't go anywhere. I'm Alan Sanders filling in, and hopefully you're having a good Friday because I know I'm having a ball. And welcome back to the Shelly Winter Show. Alan Sanders filling in just till the top of the hour. You're going to get some additional content. You're going to hear some of Shelly's best stuff coming your way to settle you in, get you ready for a nice weekend. Uh, keep an eye on the skies on Sunday, especially. You keep hearing in the weather forecast, got a system moving in. You know, we've been cooler than normal here in the southeast. I, uh, For folks who may not know enough about my background, I actually uh, am affiliated with other radio stations. I do other work. And one of the things I do is a morning show where we do the same kinds of things we do here at WSB. News, weather, traffic, sports, have some guests. And so because I do weather every single day, I kind of pay attention to trends. I'm a big weather fan. I'm a weather nut, actually. I actually talked to a, 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 an astronomer who is now a director of education at Telescience Museum, which is a, a premier Smithsonian affiliate museum in northwest Georgia. And I said, you know, they're getting ready to do this big weather event. WSB's uh, uh, former, uh, I guess uh, he's retired, but Glenn Burns, who's still a weather bug. Obviously, everybody everybody in this audience knows Glenn Burns. He's going to be up at TELUS, uh, I believe it's next weekend, for a weather weekend kind of event where they're going to do all kind of weather projects and weather things. And I was saying, I, I was interviewing this guy, and I said, you know, I'm so fascinated by weather. I feel like I missed my calling. I, I like I the idea of chasing a thunderstorm, chasing a tornado. I think that's cool. I don't think people dying. I don't think people having destruction. I get it. There's a dark side. I can't help that I have a fascination though for weather itself. And I know that we've got this cool front coming in. I know Sunday some of those storms have the potential to get severe. So. Make sure you're listening to WSB constantly over the weekend. And if you're out and about traveling, make sure you've downloaded that WSB app, the Triple Team uh, traffic app, to make sure that you know you've got it up in the background. So if you're heading in an area that uh, is not necessarily conducive to a speed limit ride due to a couple of folks holding an insurance seminar on the side of the road, you'll know about it. I want to hear from you. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. I get the rah-rah war wagoners out there. I get the rah-rah, we need to have, you know, death, destroy, industrial military complex. Let's fund all of the people that are making money on war. But I got to ask the question, at what point do we stop escalating things with a country that has more nuclear weapons than any other country on the face of the earth? Just a, I think it's a question worth asking. I mean, we can play what if, right? I mean, what's the level? Where do we go? Oh, okay. We can't escalate beyond this threshold because we have nuclear short-range tactic, mobile tactical nukes from Russia being put in Belarus. That's where supposedly the guy who ran the Wagner Group, remember that guy? He supposedly was going to take Putin down in a coup. The 12-hour coup where they basically were mad at a general because one of Putin's generals accidentally killed some of the Wagner Group's people. And so the gen, the, the, the owner or the leader, I don't know what you want to call him, the, the lead guy of the Wagner Group, decided, I want to come back and, and, and have some words with that general. And they made a decision. They go, well, tell you what, why don't you take some couple billion dollars, you've got all this money, you go rest in Belarus... And Putin will take control of the rest of the troops of the Wagner group. That sounds like a great idea. What a, what a wonderful coup. So now while Putin's got all of the Wagner troops 
we hear now that Belarus wants tactical nu- or there's, there is getting ready to have or already already maybe now has those tactical nukes because Poland has come out to NATO and said, hey, uh, we might want to put some nukes kind of, you know, some short range tactical nukes in our neighborhood just in case things are getting a little hot around here. And oh, by the way. Now we find out that it looks like they're building some kind of a base for the Wagner Group. It's like some kind of a, a military base for them to continue training and working. It, it feels like there's a lot that's escalating. We're not getting that whole story. We're getting the rah-rah war machine, support Ukraine! Ah! Like, okay, I get Russia's not our friend. I get it. I mean, I don't know why anybody thinks that I'm saying that they are. But I also wonder at what point are we going to say, okay, hold on, hold on. There's got to be a different solution. We got we got to do something different, don't we? Or or do we do? Do we just keep going down this path? 404-872-0750. I will start this conversation as well. If you want to weigh in on this, I am finding this hysterical. You have an independent film about child trafficking as if. Well, first of all, I want you to hear a couple of headlines. Sound of Freedom, the QAnon-adjacent thriller. That is from The Guardian. I've got another headline from Rolling Stone. The Rolling Stone, Sound of Freedom, the QAnon-tinged thriller about child trafficking. I've got another headline saying the so-called or the... Do we not think that child trafficking is real? Do not think the guy that this guy's based on a real person, a real? St- we'll talk about this because I'm I'm curious. Why are we getting these negative headlines when we come back? Great to have you along on the Shelly Winter Show. My last day filling in, and it's been such a pleasure, Shelly. Thank you so much. Really appreciate you trusting me with the audience and with your show, and I'm going to try to make sure that I leave it just as I found it, so that way when Monday comes, you'll be able to hit the ground running, and I'll be out there listening to you. Jim Caviezel's playing Tim Ballard. Tim Ballard is a real person. Tim Ballard really worked for the Department of Homeland Security. Tim Ballard actually did a retrieval of a trafficked child, found out that that trafficked child had a sister. DHS said... Well, you know what? We've already done the mission. We're done. The mission's over. And he's like, well, I can't leave the, the sibling behind. Like, well, no, that's not our mission. So he quit and went after the kid's sister. That's a real story. That's what you're getting with the sound of freedom. It's about, I can't believe I have to do this. I haven't even seen the movie. I can't believe I have to now address these people who are so, I guess, bitter that this didn't come out of Disney or Columbia Pictures or uh, there wasn't tw- there's no more 20th Century Fox I guess um, Warner Brothers Paramount. You have a headline from the Guardian. We'll start with the Guardian. The movie Sound of Freedom, the QAnon adjacent thriller seducing America. Okay, so if you're not familiar with QAnon, that's obviously having to do with people who are buying into all these conspiracy theories and all of this stuff behind the scenes and all the stuff that supposedly was behind supporting Donald Trump. So it must be that if you are watching this movie, you're a massive conspiracy theorist. It means you're just an idiot, basically, is what this headline is saying. You're a sucker. You'll buy anything. 
The next line, right underneath the headline, sort of like the the secondary headline, says Jim Caviezel stars as a hero trying to stop child traffickers in a paranoid new movie turning into a surprise box office hit. A paranoid? They're making it sound like there's no such thing as child trafficking, that there's no such thing as human trafficking, that there's no such thing as an industry that's surrounding this whole story about a real guy who was really with DHS, who really quit to really go rescue children and has rescued lots. I can't believe I'm, I'm reading this headline. Here's the thing, folks. The next part of the Guardian story, this is the part that lets you know that you're not going to get the truth when it comes to legacy mainstream media whenever there's a political agenda associated. If there's any kind of a political lean, then you're not going to get the truth. Because the story, the very first line after I just read those two things to you is, in the sound of freedom, Jim Caviezel, he leads a unit to Colombia and eventually goes rogue on his single-minded quest to locate and liberate the still-missing sister of a boy he managed to save from sex slavery. I want you to hear that place in your head for a second. The Guardian, writing this this slanted, almost a, a bash of the movie, says that the movie that he, that this guy Jim Caviezel's character leads a unit to Colombia. Now I go to the Guardian, the very same paper, and I did a quick little searchy search of some headlines from the Guardian because I remember child sex trafficking is something that we've been hearing about for a while. This isn't something that was just made up. I want to read to you a headline from the Guardian. This is from Sunday December the 23rd, 2018. Headline, Child Sex Trafficking Rife in Colombia's Picturesque Cartagena. Underneath that, the historic city is cracking down on an industry that targets children and young women from poor neighborhoods. But then you read The Guardian today and it's about this paranoia This whole QAnon, it's a conspiracy. It's not really happening. It's not really there. Oh, come on. What's me? How? Oh, you want to believe that there's this whole industry selling children? What's wrong with you? Dear Lord, folks, I didn't think that we would have to have a debate on what was a factually understood item in our current world. You're going to try to tell me that it's all a fabrication? That there's no such thing as child, uh, that there's no such thing as child trafficking, child sex slavery. That there's a human trafficking, human sex slavery. You're trying to tell me that's all QAnon paranoid conspiracy? You've got Rolling Stone magazine. You guys, you cover people who are, you cover people who are hooked on drugs and are part of a, an illicit side of the world anyway. When it comes to entertainment, and you're out there writing the same headline. I, I don't understand. I'll, I cannot wrap my mind around the motivation. What would motivate these different publications? And if they're not the only ones, what would motivate them to take something that is just drawing attention, not only to an actual person who went on actual missions, who saved actual children? What are the is is the point to tank the movie? Is the point to make all the people who go see the movie, uh, you're, you're, you're lumping them all in as some kind of stupid QAnon people? I, I'm really 
I'm really trying to grasp what the intent is behind these negative headlines. You can say it's a, it's a low-budget movie. You can say that it's an independent film. You can say that it wasn't your cup of tea. You could at least address the merits or the, or the demerits of the movie. But to say it's all a conspiracy theory, that it's all rooted in paranoia, that somehow there isn't such a thing as the as the child sex uh, trafficking industry, that this isn't a real thing, and especially when your own newspaper, The Guardian, wrote a massive story about that very thing in the very city where the movie takes place. By the way, folks, you're like, well, that was five years ago. That was 2018. The movie was filmed in 2018. The movie was filmed five years ago. It took this long to get it to where it was ready for release and a publisher who was ready to put it out there in movie theaters. So just as The Guardian's writing stories about child sex trafficking rife in Colombia's beautiful picturesque Cartagena, this very movie takes place at the very same time in Colombia. That's how I don't have any credibility. That's that's, me. that's why the legacy mainstream media, to me, has lost all credibility. I stopped listening and watching to a lot of this nonsense years ago. You got more of the Shelley Winter Show coming your way. Stick around. Yeah, I'm okay with that. I'm a, I'm a kid of the 80s. <laughs> Little Duran Duran's always going to be good. All right, folks. Uh, Friday is on is is here. Obviously, we're on the cusp of the weekend. Enjoy yourselves. Remind us, remind each other that even though a lot of times we get focused, even me with the news of the day, we kind of get sometimes into what's negative. We're trying to maybe educate, open your eyes, trying to make you aware. We got to look at the around us. We got to look at our communities and realize we live in the place that we call home. And if there are things that aren't quite right. What are you doing to help fix it and make your little corner of the world a little bit better? How many groups are you involved with? How many boards are you serving on? What nonprofits are you reaching out to maybe do some volunteerism? I serve on five different nonprofit boards in my community because I care about where I live. I cared about where my girls were being brought up, and now I care about where other people are bringing their families to. It's one thing to get out there and talk and complain, and a lot of us do it, and you know you have every right to do it. But if you're not doing anything else but just talking and complaining, you're never going to really fix the problem. Providing solutions, getting out there and maybe doing some little some work, some, you know, a little elbow grease, trying to make the world your little corner of it. If everybody just made their little corner of the world just a little bit better, maybe things could start improving in other bigger areas because we're all kind of taking care of our own backyards. So over the weekend, have a great time with one another. Don't get too bent out of shape over what's going on. Pay attention, obviously, but you don't need to eat, sleep, and breathe news nonstop. Take a break from your phone. Take a break from being online. Go outside, get some fresh air, get some vitamin D. Get some healthy uh, habits underneath you. Maybe a little walking, maybe a little kayaking, a little exploring, a little hike, a little camping. There's a lot out there to see, folks, and a lot of it doesn't even cost you a dime. Take care, everyone. Take care, everyone. Thanks for letting me play in the Shelly Winter Show.